Ever wonder what it's like living in a house full of cats? Me either, until I recently found myself with eight permanent cat residents and occasional foster cats. I'm Sabrina Lee, and I'm a self-proclaimed crazy cat lady. I am not a cat expert and offer no advice to others. Anything I share is from my own experiences unless otherwise credited. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. On each episode of Whole Bunch of Cats, I'll be sharing stories about life with so many cats. You can also see adventures with current residents on TikTok and Instagram at Whole Bunch of Cats. Twitter is Whole Bunch of Cat because adding the S made the handle too long. And now, without further ado, let me tell you a cat story. Foster Journey. Sometimes we have what I like to call special guests staying with us. These are cats or kittens we're fostering through our local shelter. There are a couple of reasons a cat would need a foster rather than going straight to adoption. One reason is they're too tiny. Kittens have to be at least two pounds in order to have their spay neuter surgery. Through the shelter, every adoption eligible cat has to be spay or neutered. Another reason a cat may need a foster home is if they're not thriving in the shelter or they've come from a traumatic environment and need some time to just chill at a foster. A third reason a cat may need a foster home is if their owner needs a little bit of help. This is a short-term 30-day commitment where the cat is returned to its owner after the 30 days. We've been fostering for years and have had over a hundred cats and kittens stay with us for a time. It wasn't until recently, though, that we started foster failing, meaning we end up adopting a cat we first fostered. While we love all of the cats, we've only adopted three of them. The reason we don't adopt them all is because a family can only properly care for so many cats. We've reached our limits. If we adopted them all, we wouldn't be able to foster any more of them. There's a need for foster families. The great thing about fostering is you can make a difference in a cat's life while they wait for their forever home. The hardest part is giving them up, but going in, you know that's what's going to happen. I don't love the cats any less while they're here. I just understand that keeping them isn't what's in their best interest. I've always tried to volunteer or give back to my community. And while the kids were young, it was easy. There were so many opportunities. Between sporting activities, scouts, and PTA, I was volunteering practically every night. However, once the kids transitioned to middle school, those activities ended, as did my volunteering. The time did come, though, when I wanted to volunteer again, but I wasn't sure where would be a good fit. At the same time, Skylar, my youngest, who's currently 18 and plans to be a veterinarian, really wanted to volunteer with animals. We decided we'd see if there were opportunities at the shelter where we'd adopted both Scarlet, our tortie, and Willow, our black cat from. And fortunately, there was. We signed up for the cat training, which took a little bit of time to complete. Once finished, we'd go to the cat area and spend time socializing with the cats. Both Scarlet and Willow came to us with socialization needs, so we were already familiar with what that looked like. A lot of playing with leader toys, attempting to hold them if they would allow it, talking to them, getting them comfortable around people in general. 
We'd spend an hour, a couple of nights a week, just hanging out with the cats awaiting adoption. This is so important because most people won't adopt a cat who's lacking socialization. They want cuddly cats, typically kittens or lap cats. Eventually, though, life got busy again and we needed to find another way to give back. We saw an ad at the shelter for fostering. Kitten season was quickly approaching and there was a need for people to open their homes. Skylar and I signed up for the foster class, which had a lot of information and kittens for us to cuddle. We decided we wanted to foster kittens immediately. We also knew that bottle kittens were not in our future. I could barely wake up to feed my babies when they were tiny, much less kittens who needed feeding every two hours. Also, some kittens are so new they need help learning to poop. This was not something I had the time or energy to do. So we made a decision that while the kittens wouldn't have to be litter trained, they would have to know how to poop, their eyes would need to be open, and they'd need to be weaned from their mama. Our first batch of fosters was five little kittens who hadn't hit two pounds yet. They also were learning to use the litter box. When kittens are small, they're not allowed to use clumping litter. The shelter provided the appropriate litter, but let me just say, kitten poop is not near as convenient as cat poop, and the litter doesn't mask the smell. I was not aware of these differences. Everything with that first batch was a learning curve. They were messy and gross and sassy and eventually cuddly and social and able to use the litter box appropriately, and we loved them. The closer they got to two pounds, the easier they became. During our first kitten season, we fostered several batches of kittens. Of course, one of the hardest parts of fostering is when their time with us is over. Watching kittens grow from hissy, shy, non-litter trained, one-pound tiny kittens or two-pound confident sleeping through the night snuggly love bugs is so rewarding. We're happy for them finding their forever homes. We're also sad because we'll miss them. As the kitten season ended, we decided to foster a grown cat. This decision changed our approach to fostering. We could still take the occasional kittens, but the adult cats quickly became our favorites to foster. The thing about kittens is everyone wants to foster them. There's a wait to get them because they're so darn cute. In my opinion, though, while I love the kittens, the adult cats are so much easier. First, they're mostly all litter trained. I think there's a theme here. Litter trained cats are very important to me. Second, they eat solid food. Third, they've been around long enough to know that living with us is a good thing. The first foster cat we got was the best cat on the planet. When he arrived, his name was Samir. But Skylar was just beginning their theater journey and was currently obsessed with Little Shop of Horrors. And suddenly, Samir came Seymour. At the same time, we had another foster, which was a female kitten, and Skylar named her Audrey. Seymour was the coolest cat. He was so laid back, never complained. He was also declawed, so he could go with us to my dad's house. My sister's family lives in St. Louis. Well, my dad and I live in Kansas City, so when they come to visit, we all stay at my dad's. Once, Seymour spent an entire weekend at my dad's with all of us. He was spoiled by being the only cat to nine people. He'd go from couch to chair, giving love to everyone. The family still brings up that weekend and that cool cat. Seymour also had diabetes, so he'd get two shots of insulin a day. 
Since he was a foster, the shelter would provide for all of his health care, including meds and the special food he was to eat. Unfortunately, his food tasted good to all of the cats currently living at our house. We'd also been sharing Seymour's escapades on Facebook and Snapchat at the time. So he had a tiny little fan club. Since he had to eat the super expensive food and the idea was the other cats weren't, he decided to have a GoFundMe set up to raise money for a special bowl that only opened when he was near it. People were eager to help us as everyone loved Seymour. The bowl was programmed to recognize his microchip. This kept the other cats out of his food. It was fun to watch. Seymour would go near the bowl and it would open. When the other cats tried, they'd be denied. One of the funniest stories about Seymour was the time I'd thrown some food into a trash can. The kitchen trash is a standard plastic trash with a lid that lays on top of it, but isn't attached. I happened to see Seymour being curious around the can and quickly grabbed my phone to record. What I captured was Seymour diving head first into the trash can to get whatever food was in there. Since the lid was sitting on the can as he went in, the lid fell right back onto the can looking like it had swallowed him whole. I really thought we'd foster Seymour for the remainder of his life. As I've said, with his diabetes, he needed two injections of insulin each day. He needed regular vet visits, so he was definitely in a harder category to get adopted. But then COVID hit at the same time we'd updated his bio and pics on the shelter website. He did actually get adopted. Taking him to the shelter that day was probably one of the hardest separations with any fosters we'd had. I still think about him and hope he's living his best life in a happy home. I do think that the experience with Seymour and choosing not to adopt him helped us decide to adopt some of our other fosters. Bertie, the ginger tabby, Lila, the gray tabby, and Sushi, the Siamese, are all foster fails. Sushi is Skylar's and may go to college next year, or more likely will be here until Skylar moves out for good. Bertie is the only foster fail who's mine. Lila is my son Jaden's cat, though, and will move out with him. I made the decision that while we'll continue to foster, we can't adopt any more cats. At least for now. Most recently, we picked up three black kittens. It had been a long time since we'd fostered kittens. I'd forgotten about the poop. (laughs) These babies also didn't like to eat. The first week, they actually lost weight. One thing to know about kittens is they have to eat. Thankfully, we had some of Izzy's wet soaking in gravy food. They did eat it. Unfortunately, while we were glad they were eating, their poop was diarrhea, and not using the litter box was a stinky mess. Plus, now that I knew they were eating, we needed to get them age-appropriate food. Off to Petco we went. We grabbed wet kitten food and dry kitten food. They loved the wet, wouldn't touch the dry, and their poop was horrible. We added water to the dry food, and they loved that. The consistency of the dry mixed with water was perfect for them, and it also helped firm up their poop. Amazing how once the poop is right, the litter box usage comes next. So glad they got that down. Litter-trained kittens are so much fun to have around. And when I tell you, these three had the best personalities. One was the leader of the group. He was brave and spunky and curious. One would follow the leader. He'd also lick everything, including my arm or cheek in the middle of the night. The third was super skittish. She'd play sometimes, but mostly hang out by herself. All three are going to be awesome pets for someone. Being part of their lives, no matter how brief, is so rewarding. And also sad for us, too. Of course, one of the hardest parts of fostering 
is when their time with us is over. Watching kittens grow from hissy, shy, non-litter trained, one pound tiny kittens to over two pound confident, sleeping through the night, snuggly love bugs is so rewarding. We're happy for them, finding their forever homes. We're also sad because we'll miss them. We're thankful to be part of their journey. Fostering saves lives, and if we kept them, we'd not have room to foster any more cats or kittens. There's an expression that I've heard many times, curiosity killed the cat. And while that may be true, I believe there's a follow-up to that expression. I don't know if there is actually a follow-up to it or if I read it in a book, but the follow-up, the end of that expression is something like satisfaction brought it back, right? Curiosity killed the cat, satisfaction brought it back. My point is, having eight cats and occasional fosters, I get a lot of questions about the logistics of the cats, dealing with so many cats, things of that nature. So what I want to do is take some time at the end of each podcast to answer any questions that listeners may have. If you have a question, something that you've been wondering about, please email me at wholebunchofcats at gmail.com. You can also reach out through social media and all links to any social media platforms can be found at www.wholebunchofcats.com. And now the question from you. So I said that I adopted three foster cats, um, Birdie, Lila, and sushi. And one question that I do get asked a lot is how do you decide? How did you decide which ones to keep? For more detail, you can definitely listen to each cat's specific podcast. So Birdie works about hunting, but it also talks about how she came to be one of ours. But long story short, we fostered her with an older cat that she was bonded to. And the older cat passed away after just a couple of days in our care. And I felt so sad for Birdie's loss that I adopted her. So she was the fourth cat in the cat committee. Lila came to stay with us over COVID and she was a biter. So during COVID, the shelter asked all of us to please take an adult cat to get them out of the shelter while people couldn't come in to adopt cats. So we took Lila. We were told that she was aggressive toward other cats. So we kept her in my son's room. After a couple of months, the shelter reopened. We took her back to the shelter to get adopted. And she actually bit a volunteer. So she was placed on a 14-day hold. When her hold ended, I asked if we could bring her back here to keep fostering until someone adopted her. Because you can also promote cats through foster care. So if you follow any of Whole Bunch of Cats social media, you'll see when we're fostering, we'll see those cats and kittens. That's one way that we promote to get those babies adopted. So we had Lila here and she was still in my son's room. He was a senior in high school. It was, as you can imagine, a rough year COVID and he really bonded with Lila. He decided when he turned 18 that he was going to adopt her and keep her as his support animal which he did. And since he lives here, she lives here too. She's also able to be around the other cats now, although she still hisses a lot at them. They have learned to hiss back. And then our third cat, Sushi, we had a litter of kittens about a year ago. 
and two of those kittens were Siamese cats. Someone reached out and wanted to adopt one of the Siamese, so we got that set up. And my youngest, Skylar, said, Mom, Sushi, at the time, her name wasn't Sushi. Um, I want to say it was like Rachel or Monica. Like, we were doing a whole friends theme because we had six kittens. Anyway, Mom, I, I really love this Siamese kitty cat. And I said, okay, well, why don't you adopt her? At the time, we had five cats, but one was Lila, and she was supposed to be going with Jaden. So, what's one more? Plus, Skylar would take the kitten, well, it'd be a cat by then, but would take the cat to school when they went in the fall of 2023. Skylar ended up adopting Sushi and changed her name from whatever friend's cast member it was to Sushi. And that's how we have foster failed with three cats. Now, how I know that we will not foster fail with any more is that we have eight cats right now. Maybe once Grayson moves out and takes Bamboo and Yoda, and Jaden moves out and takes Lila, and Skylar moves out and takes Sushi, maybe I will be in a position to take on another cat or two. But that's so far in the future that for now we're we're set with with the eight cats. Last week when Grayson, my oldest, was home from college, I asked her, Hey, have you been listening to have you been listening to your mom's podcast? And she said, Yeah, I have. Um, and last week's actually made me teary-eyed. I said, teary-eyed? Why? She said, I just love the letters to Grayson. Aw. So in that vein, I will continue to record the letter that I send to Grayson every week. Dear Grayson, it was so good to have you here for Thanksgiving. I miss you already. Christmas is just around the corner. What would you like? To take Yoda and Bamboo back to school with you? Well, wonders never cease. I've come up with names for the kittens. Star, Midnight, and Shadow. The issue is, I'm not sure who's who. Also, one of the cats hit two pounds, and the other two will by Saturday. I scheduled their vaccine appointment, but didn't realize they can't have surgery for another week. I guess I should also start promoting them for adoption. Their departure will be here before we know it. They're still so sweet and getting so big. The best part is how they snuggle in bed with me. The worst part is when they wake me up at 3 a.m. to wrestle on my face. <laughs> think once these babies are gone, we'll take a break from fostering for a few months. It's too cold for our cats to go outside, and there's just not enough room to add any more cats, even temporary ones right now. This morning, I opened the bedroom door to feed the other cats, and Birdie darted into my room. I heard her low, rumbling growl from under the bed and panicked a little. I don't think any of the big cats would hurt the kittens, but I don't want to take any chances. I looked under the bed, and Birdie was by herself. She started sniffing around while I went to get the treats to bribe her out of my room. Turns out I didn't need them. As soon as I opened the bedroom door back up, she darted out. She may not like all the cats, but she doesn't want to be stuck with the kittens either. It looks like Birdie got in a fight with something. Not sure if that happened inside or out. Her nose has a big scratch on it. Poor girl. Who knows what happened? Then yesterday, I made potato soup for dinner. It was one of those eat-when-you-want dinners, so I also put cheese, bacon, and sour cream on the counter for anyone to garnish their soup. I left the room for a minute, and when I returned, Birdie had stuck her entire face in the sour cream tub. I yelled, Birdie! And she lifted up her face to look at me. There was sour cream everywhere, up her nose, in her eyelashes, and all over her whiskers. I should have been mad, but it was so funny. I caught her off the counter and she spent the next 20 minutes cleaning all the sour cream off her face. 
Remember last week how I told you Skylar was holding Izzy hostage in the room? I mean, keeping Izzy in the room so he's safe over winter. As you can imagine, he's not happy about it. I walked in today and found him staring out the window. As soon as he saw me, he begged to be let outside. So I did what any other cat mom would do. I opened the window and let him out. First, he just stared at me. Then he climbed out the window to the patio. But then, I think he was disoriented because it looked like he might come back inside. Then he took a look around and ran off. When Skylar got home, I let them know. They think we'll never see Izzy again. So dramatic. Bamboo and Yoda are not understanding the cold weather. They run outside as soon as the front doors open, then run around to the back deck and beg to come back inside. Meanwhile, Lila is enjoying the freedom of sitting outside. She doesn't like the cold, but if there's even a smidge of sun, she'll find it. Willow, of course, isn't bothered by the cold and yells and yells each morning until he can go outside. Nothing else much is going on around here. Can't wait to see you at Christmas. It's just a few weeks away. Make good choices. Love, Mom. I hope you enjoyed getting to know my cats a little bit better. Remember, the things I share are my own experiences, unless credited otherwise. I do not offer advice or guarantee results. I am not a professional. I just happen to have a whole bunch of cats, and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. For continued updates on the cats, please follow their Instagram or TikTok pages at a whole bunch of cats or check out the website wholebunchofcats.com. You can also email me at wholebunchofcats at gmail.com if you have a story you'd like to share. And finally, if you enjoy hearing about the cats, please leave a review for this podcast. Thanks for listening and have a terrific day.